All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast, episode number 195. Uh, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and as always, joined by the captain, Mr. Andrew Full. What's going on, dude? Not a whole lot. Can't wait to go fishing on Sunday. I'm pretty pretty jacked about that already. So, yeah. Yeah, is getting pulled out on Thursday. So Lake Erie will be open for business in about the next week. So does that open more slots for you to guide then? I don't know because like the first two weeks that boom comes off, the bite is really weird and tough. Hmm. So I'm glad it's coming off now. So I have almost four weeks before my first trip. So they'll be just starting to set up into the pre-spawn stuff, late winter pre-spawn, and they'll be relatively easy to catch by then. Water temps will probably be in like the mid-40s, and they'll just be ready to chew. Heck yeah, dude. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited. Now, do you have a bunch of open dates still for the remainder of the summer? For the summer, it's a little trickier because we have derbies and stuff, but um, mm-hmm. I have a couple dates left in April. Um, I have two Sundays open in May, a Saturday and a Monday open in May for Memorial Day weekend because I booked a Sunday, so I'm, I'm off of work, I believe, so that's Saturday and Monday. And then um, June, I only have like two days left, I think, open that I'd be willing to guide and July, the one weekend I can guide, I booked a trip. So basically, like a few select weekends in August and September, and then if the weather cooperates, October. That would be cool. Yeah, October would be a lot of fun if it's on and we can get out. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Heck, it that's got to be kind of a challenge with that eerie wind. Yeah, it's I think. Schedule. Yeah, I think what I'm going to do for October when it gets closer, I'm going to be like, this is what I have open. This is what the weather's looking like, but this will be the makeup date if needed. And I don't even know if I'm going to do like a deposit deal for the fall just because it's so like wide open. Right. More be like a, hey, I want to have this day open. You know, this person interested might reserve it and be like, if, you know, a couple days out, if the weather looks good, drop a the deposit in type of deal. Yeah. More like two days out because I can't tell you how many times I've planned to go fishing two days out and the weather changes the next day to like 45 out of the southwest and 90, 99% chance of rain and wind. So monsoons. <laughs> yeah. It's out of nowhere. It'll be 70 and sunny, the forecast. And then the next day it's like 47 and rain and 52 mile an hour winds, gale warning. I'm like, well, now I'm shot for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, hopefully Sunday is going to be fun because it's supposed to be pretty warm. And uh, we'll have the uh, the northern redneck, Louisiana redneck, most likely joining us. And uh, it'll be his birthday. So uh, apparently he wants to go perch fishing, which I told him he's stupid. He's not allowed to perch fish if he's fishing with us. Uh, <laughs> that, that is a possibility next week if I do go on Erie I might go perch fishing next weekend because the yeah. perch play right now is incredible so I'm going to be focused on some big fat brown fish personally but yeah, me too. 
<laughs> but dude, some quick notes before we get on our guest today, Mr. Joshua Butts, who's uh, recently him and his partner just won um, the recent Alabama Bash Trail on Lake Gunnersville. So it's going to be a fun conversation today. But uh, really fast, uh, travel vlog down to Tennessee is uploaded today. Obviously, today's a Wednesday, so yesterday was uploaded. If you guys haven't watched and you want to, uh, if you're interested in the whole travel vlog type of deal, uh, we've gotten some decent feedback on it already. Uh, that is up to head over if you want to watch. And then uh, tomorrow, dude, I'm headed out. Hopefully, go find some open water and get on some fish. Sure for Sunday? Oh, yeah. Yeah. See if I can, we can get some fish. We don't have to do too much work on Sunday, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But obviously, you guys will hear about the results on Friday if I do find fish or not. But yeah. without further ado, let's bring on our guest here, Mr. Joshua Butts, a.k.a. The Mag Draft. <laughs> What's going on, dude? What's up, guys? I love the mag draft energy, dude. I'm all yeah, about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I got to give Josh a quick shout out here because let me, let me actually pull up his message. This this is how I get psyched up when guys are this excited to come on the show. He, he goes, I sent him a message because I said, pump the chat with you, dude. And he goes, dude, y'all better be ready because I'm beyond pumped. And he goes, I'll have a cold beer in one hand and a freestyle mag draft in the other. I'm all about that, dude. We, <laughs> I can't get. I, I'm not sponsored, so I can't be. I can't be giving out what I'm what I'm drinking. So I'm not sponsored by this either. So it's a swim bait. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fair enough. I love that energy. When you sent that message, it was like that scene from Step Brothers in my head where they look at yeah. bunk beds. <laughs> Do we yeah, that's it beds? for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Heck yeah, dude. But, uh, dude, before we get too deep into the podcast tonight, uh, briefly for the folks who may not know you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and then you know how you got started bass fishing in the first place and who installed the passion in you. Well, really um, – I'm not in a fishing family, really. Uh, pond fishing, I guess. Like we pond fish, and and you know, we, my uncle has a little boat. We'd go in and stuff sometimes. But really, I I just grew up pond fishing, and uh, my granddad and I we uh, built a pond in the pasture with a shovel, with two shovels, and we looked at each other one day and said we can't do this anymore. So we hired a guy with a uh, track hoe to come in there and dig the pond out. Well, he dug the pond out and I was raised on a cattle farm as well. So the cattle farm had this branch that ran through it. And one day I went down there and uh, right beside my house and dropped like a, a little worm with a, I mean, a tiniest hook, like a trout hook with a little piece of worm on it and started catching fish. I started catching little bass like that. And I told my granddad, I said, we wouldn't, we didn't, we were, I'm n- never raised for money. So mm-hmm. I would take, I would take these little fingerling bass and take them to this pond and stock this pond with those fingerling bass. And three years later, I'll go to that pond and go and catch two pounders. And I told my granddad, I said, this is what I want to do. I told my whole family, like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is my, this, this is my, um, yeah. yeah, this is my calling. This is my niche. Like I've already found it. And uh, I've always been in the outdoors and, you know, um, doing that, stocking the pond all the time. I would put little brim in there for them to eat on, you know, out of that little branch as well. And 
And um, so, yeah, pond fishing, building my own pond and with my granddad. And uh, it's still there to this day. And I haven't went over there and made a cast in five years. And one day I'm going to go over there and catch an eight pounder. I'm just ready for that day. So. Heck yeah, dude. That's awesome. How'd you get into tournament fishing? Uh, Actually, my dad's friend that played uh, he played basketball with my dad and went to school with my dad. His name's Richard Holland. Uh, my uh, my next door neighbor went on a guide trip with him because he's a guy at Gunnersville and uh, went on a guide trip with him one time. And uh, and he told I, I played basketball with his son out, out in my driveway. And he came up to me and said, hey, Joshua, you know, uh, your dad's best friend is a guy at Gunnersville. If you guys want to go up there one day and I know you like fishing. I know you want to get into tournament fishing. So I said, okay, sure. You know, I gave him the brochure and it was called you catch them. God service at Gunnersville still has it to this day. And, uh, dad and I went up there one weekend and I said, I, I was in the, he had a 21 foot Triton with a 225 mercury Optimax, like an old mercury. It was the nicest boat I've ever been in. Like I was 12. You're stuck. You're starstruck. Yeah, I, w- I was like, I was like, okay, this is a guide. Like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here to learn. Like I'm all open. I'm, I'm all open eyes, open mind, like teach me. And I'm not too good for something that I don't know. And I think a lot of bass fishermen are like that these days. And they're, they think they're too good for something that they don't know and they don't admit it, but I'm here and I'm open eyes and, open mind and that's that's what i realized that day because i was a pond fisherman uh really i fished the gunnersville off the bank you know browns creek causeway i could go and park on side of the road and fish the causeway and catch bass all the time with Mm -hmm. a little texas worm and stuff and um we went on that trip that day i i caught the first bass and and bird richard he was like Lavoy, which is my dad, and he was like, he's he he has a calling to be a tournament bass fisherman, and he said, do you want to be a co-angler for the ABA, which is the American Bass Anglers Association, and Bass used to sponsor that event, mm-hmm. and um, it used to be the weekend series, mm-hmm. and I said, yeah, absolutely, I would love to do that. I did that the first year and made nationals, and um I came 10th to nationals that year and I was just, I, I was just blown away. I didn't have the right rods. I didn't have the right reeling rods, all this stuff. I was 14, 13, 14 years old. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I would, I, my mom uh, would, would take me to these tournaments and my dad would take me to these tournaments. And, and, um, and I, I started there and, and that's for everybody. If they do watch this podcast and, and, and I hope they do that. I hope they learn that they can start from scratch. Like they can, if, if they really feel the feeling of it, of going and making it pro or going and making it just locally. I mean, just look, if you feel that go, go after it, no matter how much money you have. I had no sponsors. I've, you know, I've, I've, I've had nobody give me thousands of dollars to go and do stuff. Uh, you can do it without that, mm-hmm. uh, without rods, without the sponsorship rods, the cashins, the ducats. The, you don't have to do that. You go and have fun. 
post on your Instagram, post on your Facebook. Go. You don't have to have a TikTok yet. Just get your name out there. If you're if you're wanting to catch a fish, post it. Take a yeah. picture with it. And post it. No matter if it's a pounder or a twelve pounder. Post it. Release it. And that you know that's how I got started. I know I went down a wormhole, but I, I, I love I love it so much. I don't care. <laughs> we encourage it. Yeah, <laughs> all about it, dude. Yeah. But so obviously you progressed and you fished and you had some success in college, and then obviously yeah. you're fishing the Alabama Bass Trail now. Uh, what other avenues are you fishing in currently, or looking to progress to? I'm looking to progress into the opens. You know, uh, that's really where I'm wanting to go is the opens. I, I want to fish as an angler, uh, but um, going back on the on, on the uh, weekend series. Mm-hmm. these guys that I fished behind the boat with and, and it goes, it goes way beyond, you know, like pro series, you know, pro series, you can fish behind a boat with those guys. If you'll follow me that in the local events, I'm fishing behind guys that are locals for that lake and learning stuff that they know and presenting that to other lakes in the same state. Mm-hmm. And that's really helping me out. And it's it's making me venture to other techniques and stuff as well. But um, like Mark McKegg, Tim Hurst, if they listen, you know, I've learned so much from them. Adam Bain, Chris Colley. Uh, these guys are like local hammers, like win everything, always cast a check. And, and I've fished with those guys. And I know I've learned from them and I take it to other lakes. And that's what helped me in college as well. Going to college, winning two tournaments, wild cards, because I didn't make it, you know, in the uh, original season to make it to the championship. I I fished a wild card and I fished two wild cards and won both of them. And um, that stuff, when you drive a fire in me, I'm going to come out with a vengeance and I'm going to practice my butt off uh, to go and try to win the next event or qualify for the next event. And, uh, and, and that's what, that's what really set a fire in me for the wild cards too in the college series. And two is working my butt off, man. We, the college (laughs) series was so crazy, man. Like, we uh, we had a team. I, I came to college. I, I know you're probably going to get there, but I'm just going to go ahead and get there. Um, Fair enough. Run with it. Yeah. What so uh, the college. Do? So I went from the ABA weekend series as co angler. Ventured off from there. I moved to Wyoming and started welding the oil field. So like I was doing that for a little while. Stopped fishing, and um, I had to come back come back for uh, family issues, and came back and. Um, when I came back, I, I, the fire set back in me for fishing. So I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I fished the ABA co-angler for two years. After I left that, I said, you know, I really want to go to college. And I really want to do something w- with my life instead of be a landscaper and making 14 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. So I said, I- I'm going to go to college. Uh, went to Wall State, applied for Wall State, got a, a scholarship for welding. And I talked to the guy that was over the bass club at the time, but he said there was no bass club. There was nobody to do a bass club. 
And I said, I'm here, man. What do you need me to do? Like, I, I'm, I'm here to do whatever you want me to do. He said, well, just come out, sign some paperwork, and let's start the thing. I said, okay. His name's Joe Hendricks, if, if he watches. And he was that's who started me for everything. I mean, there's so many people, man. I can't I can't keep up with how much the progression is. I mean, it, there's so many people. But uh Joe Hendricks is the one that started the bass club. Ethan Flack is the actual one who started the bass club. He was a student of his. Uh went to orientation, started the bass club, and uh sponsors were a big thing, man, because the school never funded it. Mm-hmm. So I would have to uh, end up getting sponsors for the team so we can travel to these events. And we'd have four to five events at the start of the season and um, ended up getting sponsors from local, like Coleman companies for a tax write-off. I was blessed to have that. Uh, Ended up failing at St. Lawrence River for the first year and went to the uh, wild card uh, at Lake Barkley next to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Rivers and I ended up winning that event, and that that really set a fire in me. <laughs> so I was like, we're going, we're making it. And, dude, I cried the first event. I cried. I said, man, I'm way better than way better than finishing the, uh, instead of making the championship. I'm way better than that. And, like, I was crying, and my coach said, which was Joe Hendricks, said, you'll do it next event. You're going to win the next event. I said, oh, I'm going to. And um, went to Barkley, won that event. Justin Rivers, my partner at the time, was a great, great guy. We still talk to this day. And um, uh, after that unfolded, I said, this is what I want to do. This is really what I want to do. And I started the Bass Club at Wallace State. ESPN was recording us at the time. Uh, we, we was on ESPN U uh, for – you know, an hour. And I was like, Oh my God, I've never had this before. I don't know what this is. You know, I'm starstruck at myself and I got it recorded on my TV. Still watch it. Like just to pump me up for a next tournament. (laughs) That was the start of it. That was like the start of it. And, um, after that, man, fundraisers were a big deal. Um, the team helped out with that. And I grew the team from two to 20 to 40 to 60 and it was like oh my gosh man what have i started like and the teachers at wallace actually knew that i had so much going on with the bass club because nobody else wanted to do it Mm. that i was head over heels with that they would actually help me with my schoolwork after hours uh and and it was good support it was very good support, and and I can't thank Wallace State enough uh, for sure for helping me with my schooling as well. Because if it wasn't for them, I would I would have not been I would have not been able to do what I was doing. So, um, but anyways, fast forward to uh, to uh, 2017, uh, didn't make the national championship, so we had to go fish a wild card again at my home lake at Lay Lake. The water rose. I went up to the tail races. And uh, found a little current break there and threw a 5XD and ended up winning that three-day tournament. And um, at the second win, I said, oh, for sure I'm going at it 100%. All my family was like, what do you want to do when you get out of college? I said, well, I'm really in college to fish. Like, I mean, 
I want to go for business. I want to go for welding. I got, I've, I've got associates in both of those, but what I really want to do is something I'm not going to school for is what I'm doing on the off time, but at school as well. And that's fish. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, got my business, business management, associ- uh, associates and welding associates. And now I'm, uh, uh, working with, uh, my best friend, Steven, and we also fished the Alabama Bass Trail together. And, um, I'm, I'm just still trying for it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to go 100% and I don't know what it's going to take, but, um, I'm a faithful man. I'm, I believe in the Lord. I know he's going to help me one way or another, as long as I stay faithful and and that's it. Heck yeah, dude. That's so sick. So what, what, that being said too, like that whole journey, what's the, uh, what's the end goal for you? What do you want to accomplish? I want to be in the elite series. And like, I, I will screenshot this right now and, I don't care if it's when I'm 60. I don't care if it's a year down the road. But, like, my drive in my head and my body and my heart, that's it, man. Like, I've never I, I've never met – I've never met someone more motivated to go to the Elite Series than I am. Like, that's where I want to go. Like, I know my capabilities now. Not being I, – I don't like cocky people. I like confidence people and I'm confident in my skills. It's the money wise that gets me. And because you, you got to be truthful on the podcast. I don't care what, what, what you do. It's, it's money wise gets you from point A to point B. And, 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 and that's it. And, and this win from the Alabama Bass Show really, it really helped thinking about where I'm going to go next. Um, especially savings. I mean, putting in savings, working two jobs, working my own company and then working during the day really helps out. So just thinking about it, what I'm going to do next and just helps me. I mean, it really, really drives me to do more for fishing. So. Right. So Andrew, this is that one thing. So when he does make the elite series, we can come back and take a snippet. You're like, Hot takes. You called it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was going to ask you what the timeline, like, so you're fishing the Alabama Bass Trail now. Are you looking to jump to the Opens next year? Are you fishing several this year? Like, what's your plan there? Well, it all it really all depends on how the rest of the year goes for the Alabama Bass Trail um, and work, really. Um, um, if it goes well. You know, I, I'm going to try the opens next year. I'm I'm trying to save my money up this year is what I'm trying to do to to make it one at least try it one full year to go into yeah. the opens. I mean, it, because man, it's it's so expensive, and I'm I've got a girlfriend, but I'm I'm single because we're kind of like okay, I don't care if you go and fish, you know, like, and I'll she's great for that. Like that's why I want to be with her. Is because she's like that, and and I think if if it keeps happening, she she supports me a hundred percent. So if it keeps going on, like work goes good, um, Alabama Bass Trail goes good. Hopefully next year I can try to uh, pay my entry fees in the open. I see all my buddies from the Kickback Crew right now going into the opens, and I'm like, dude, I just wish I had I, I could go to Smith Lake in two weeks right now. 
like because that's when we're really good at Smith Lake is in like two weeks, and I'm like, oh gosh, just I, I want to be there so bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that is one nice thing though is that um, now they got the three divisions again, so travel cost kind of goes down a little. It bit. It does, yeah, for sure. But I, like, I really want to travel and like do all of them. It just it helps you out too with points. I mean, Absolutely. it really does. So if I'm going to go full in, I'm going to go full in. Um, I, I don't want to go and fish just my division. I want to fish all divisions and try to make it. I mean, I, I think I, I just think that's the best way to go than to go in there just in the Southern division and try to make the classic. Yeah. And not only does it help you with points, but I think fishing around each division uh, if you don't have experience in certain locations helps you, uh, whether you do bad or not, you're still getting experience. You're still getting knowledge on that area, that body of water so that it prepares you so that when you do make that next step, you do qualify for the elites, right? So that yeah. where you qualify, you're not going into a brand new area that you've never seen. You know, it's like you, you we've talked offline, how you love coming up North to you know, St. Lawrence river and, and things like that. The more experience you can put in, you hear about these guys that make the elites too early, and you hear guys say too early because they've they made it in their region, but they've never fished anywhere out of that region, and they come and it's brand new, and then they're just so much it's overwhelming. Yeah. This yeah. like if you're fishing all nine, you're getting experience everywhere, and I I personally that's the best way to. Obviously, I'm not the the best person to be speaking on the subject, but I think that's the best way, best route to getting to the elite series because you're prepared. So when you do get on that trail you've seen each region, you have a basis, you're not going in there with a fresh, clean slate. Whereas if you spent a couple days, if not a week there, you have some ground, some some notes that you can fall back on that can kind of give you a fast forward for when you do go to those events. Well, Bailey, let me, let me stop you right there. It's, it's potato, potato to me. <laughs> you're a potato, I'm potato. I like a new lake. Because I don't have history on that lake. Huh. I'm way better at a new lake. Like, nobody's going to stop me because I don't like talking to people about fishing. Right. I, I, like, we stay with the best guys in, on the Alabama Bass Trail. We talk hardly zero about bass fishing when we're together. You know why? Because it's going to screw with all of our heads. Mm-hmm. So, I love going to a new lake and exploring it. And I don't take I take notes about that lake, but I don't have notes prior to that lake. I don't go and I, I, I myself I don't go and do research on the lake. I don't do I go and drop my boat in the water, learn the water temp, and learn the where they're migrate where the bass are migrating that time of the year due to that water temp. And that's what helps me so much. Uh, that's what's helped me on the college series so much is traveling to these different locations, learning new bodies of water. Like Bull Shoals, man. That's a perfect example. I, I bring up Bull Shoals all the time because it's a perfect example. They were in such a transition there. They were bedding, they were postponed, and they were pre spawn. They were in all three different transitions. So, what are you going to lock into? In that tournament, that it it was a postpone pre-spawn deal because if you locked in in a three-day tournament to a betting deal, 
you're going to get your butt beat mm -hmm. because it was in all different transitions. You'll catch a skinny fish, then you'll catch a fat fish. So you wanted to work on those breaks and you wanted to work on those secondary points that come out to the main river. That's why people call them on a Carolina rig. That's why people call them on a jig. That's why I called them on a mag draft is because they were pulling out, pulling in. The ones that were in were going to stay there until the second day of the tournament and pull out. So you had fish coming so to you two different ways. You had fish coming to you two different ways instead of one one way, and that was in, and that was the Alabama Bastrill this last week. That's a really good because there's probably a lot of guys that went up, saw fish on bed, and like, yep, there we go. We're going to fish spawners. Yeah, I caught two fish on bed that 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 tournament. Uh, didn't finish great. I had a 16 pound bag the second day, but that's when it clicked in my head. Because I would I would hear people they would say, Oh, I caught them on a Carolina rig. Oh, I caught them on a mag draft. Oh, I caught them on bed. I was like, ding. I was like, evidently they're coming in, they're coming out, and they're bedding. And I said, I'm never getting hooked up on bedding fish for a Maybe during an Alabama Bastille tournament here coming up because we have um, Wheeler in two weeks. So that could be a bedfish type deal. Um, but um, there was that Bull Shoals tournament, there was a bunch coming in, coming out. You wanted to work on secondary points. You had two different – it came to a point you had two different different fish coming in and out. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that really helped out a lot there. Yeah. So let's – Let's dive into that. You're, you're a recent win, obviously, on Lake Gunnersville. Uh, what kind of deal were you on and kind of like what like what were you doing that obviously you dropped 28 pounds on the scales? I so feel like we know it's coming up in his left hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw him look down. <laughs> yeah. A swim That's bait. the uh, – yeah, big swim bait. I mean, it's – it's as big as my hand. I mean, it's, right. it's a mag. I mean, if people follow Chris that day and he throws a mag draft a lot, I mean, I think he tries to keep it a secret. Uh, I'm not sponsored by him. I'm not going to plug anybody else, but um, the mag draft's the deal, man. I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. You just have to have confidence in it. Right. Um, one thing that was happening there, and I, I told you a while ago, like, fish moving in and out these fish mm -hmm. were all moving in if everybody is i'm, I'm sure if everybody loves bass fishing on here then they know where brown Creek bridge is mm -hmm. and the current was actually so the water's been down a lot uh here lately and been is still down at pickwick for the uh elite mm -hmm. series tournament um it's still down at Gunnersville. They still haven't pulled the water up to where it should be. And if they did, there would be a whole lot more fish on bed right now. Uh, a couple of my buddies called a bunch of fish on bed at the ABT. And uh, my buddy Adam Bain actually caught two seven pounders on bed and had 22 pounds. They finished third. Uh, they caught them on bed. But um, these fish were in a big funk. And the reason is because that water was still down. The moon phase hasn't happened yet. The water was still down. Uh, Steve, my partner, Steven and I, I wish he could come on here, but he, he had to, uh, his, his son had to do some stuff tonight, but, uh, uh, we practiced the weekend before we practiced, uh, Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday the week before, and then Thursday and Friday, the week of the tournament. And, uh, we noticed that there wasn't a lot of fish in the grass. Like, yeah, you could catch a five pounder, 
you could catch a six pounder and you just had to burn through water and you had to put your trolling motor on six, seven and just cover water. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, there was 25 other boats doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Covering the same water you're covering. Um, uh, so Thursday, when we'd come in to practice fish the, a day before the tournament, um, or two days before the tournament, we, uh, we came in and we fished, um, uh, where did we fish? We fished, I think we launched at Browns Creek and, uh, kind of fished all the grass around there, all the grass and all rads. And it just wasn't happening, man. We could see bait fish. We could see fish coming in. We'd catch one every now and then. And we noticed all the boats around us. They, they weren't catching a lot of fish. And usually at Gunnersville, if there's a big pool of fish coming up, you're going to you're gonna catch fish a bunch. The other people are going to catch fish a bunch. It's, it's easy there at Gunnersville. So we eliminated practice, and I tried to go on live scope the, uh, that afternoon, and I would see fish moving in the Spring Creek Bridge, moving in towards the creek. Not a lot of grass in there, but a bunch of bait. And I said, okay, this could be the deal. So I'll look at live scope, look out at about 30 to 40 foot, and I'll see dots. And I said, okay, these are individual bass coming in. So I, I had a Mega Bass 110, uh, and it had water in it. It had a leak in it. So I'll throw out, and I could see my jerkbait kind of sinking a little bit. And I was like, okay, this may be good. I was like, this may be good for live scope. And 30 foot of water, you know. So I would throw out. I would jerk it once and those fish would come up and eat it. And I was like, okay, well, I set the hook and it was drum. And I said, okay, drum and catfish. I, I could have took anybody on a guide trip that day and caught drum and catfish all day long. Perfect. Dirt bait. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It wasn't good for us. <laughs> no. I was like, but I could sit there and have the time of my life doing that because it was so much fun. <laughs> when you leave it, like, oh. Yeah, it, it was so much fun. And my partner, Stephen, was like, it, the sun was going down, and we were standing in a camper at Seabold. And I said, man, let's just stay here tonight and just catch these fish. It's so much fun. He was like, one more cast. I said, okay. So I looked for another fish, and I found one, and I threw at it. And I set the hook, and there was like ten fish around it, and I was like, "I think that I think that's bass." And I threw out there that one came up, got it, and that was like it fought different. Yeah, and I was like, "Man, that had to be a bass," and it broke me off. So I had to go to GTO and get another jerk bait, and uh, try to figure out how to make it sink because this this jerk bait was sinking with water. So I was like, "Okay, I can put bigger hooks on it. I could put suspend dots on it," you know. So I put suspend dots on it, but all it would do is just go forward. It never would go. Mm-hmm. It would just. Bleh. I was like, "Oh no, that's not good. <laughs> Don't do that." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "No," but uh, I put that up. What we saw though was great that day. We um, ended up trolling in the in the bridge at Spring Creek, and we saw different balls of bait fish. So we'd see. Crappie up high, we'd see barfish down the middle, and then shad, gizzard shad, thread fin, they'd be in balls about. I mean, you'd, you'd just see them going around in 20 to 30 foot just everywhere. But when those bait fish came by those pylons, you'd never see the bass 
until those bait fish came by the pylons yeah, and they would come and bust them yeah. in 30 foot of water. And I said, okay, that's bass. We know what we're doing now. We're going to the same spot we did last year and came in fourth and we're sitting there all day if we can get on it. Because those fish are in that transition. They're going. There, there's no fish coming out. There's a couple bedding. I mean, there are they've already came through, but March is such a great time for that. The fish just pull up and go up strong in March. Especially when you the the first the first I'm giving y'all some notes now. I'm I mean, this is I hope not a lot of people hear this from Alabama, honestly, because I, I will never get back on the bridge. The first warm trend, and it's not called a warming day. It's, it's not a, a warming day. It's a trend. When you have two or three, they're not going to come the first day of, of the warming trend. The third or the fourth or the fifth day. Correct. And it just happened. I mean, we hit it right on the month. Actually, it probably was better the next day. Yeah. It was probably better the next day, and somebody could have caught 32 pounds. There was one tournament there, a BFL, where there was uh, – my buddy Damian Willis told me this. There was four boats sitting on all four corners, and every one of those boats had 30 to 35 pounds. Oh my Co-anglers and anglers had, wow. in a BFL had 30, 30 to 35 pounds, every one of them. Because they have to funnel through that area. They just hit it at the right time. Now, when we did idle through that bridge, we could see the fish and how they were suspended. I'm not going to say what they look like because I don't want somebody going through there and saying, oh, my God, there, there's bass. You know, they're going to have to figure that out themselves. But <laughs> because it's so hard to differentiate crappie and bass because there's big crappie in that lake and, and they do some the same stuff as bass do. And there's big, as you know, there's big drum in that lake too, Tennessee River. But the bass do different things. And when you can idle by that and see that, you better stay your butt on the bridge. And uh, that's what Stephen and I done. And um, and uh, we, we saw it that morning. We saw the bass coming out from the pylons eating bait. And um, we put that true bass, three-quarter ounce head with a six-hawk gamagatsu. Uh, this is not the right color. We threw a white back. But this is a pearl. You can still catch them on that. But the the key to this bait is when you throw that bait, you want to parallel those pylons. But when you parallel the pylons, you want that bait to sink. And when you want it to sink, you want to pull your line out as fast as you can. I don't care what gear ratio reel you got. You don't have to have just the perfect gear ratio reel as long as you know your cadence and you have a bow in that line. But when it falls on a slack line, you want it right there on that column. And when it falls, those big bites are going to come on the fall. They're never going to come. Those big bites never, hardly ever came on the on the reel. So you have to know exactly when they eat it because you'll just see it. Got it. Right, right. And there's a little another little nugget uh, in the summertime. It's all the juice, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, I, I got on a pattern one. I don't know if it really works or not. I, I know it works. Uh, when, in the summertime, when those brim are up, re, I don't, it, it's just not gunnersable. I mean, it's every it's docks, it's it's bridges as well. Like 
intersection points mm-hmm. when, when, when they come out too is the best time to do it. But they still hang out there. If you've got deep water around a bridge, there are bass there all year long. There, there are bass and you can win a tournament off of a bridge. There's multiple bass over five pounds on a bridge, I believe, because there's bait. There's perfect shade. But what happens is when you see those brim really high in the column and they're up underneath the columns, you want to – all right, I'm going to say it. You want to get a seven-foot heavy and you want to get a half-ounce jig. I don't care if it's a football jig, a flipping jig, whatever, green pumpkin. Put you a green pumpkin trailer on there and start peeling line as fast as you can and let the thing just – straight down you can't let it pinch them that's why you got to peel line and they'll hit it on the fall they think it's a dead they think it's a dead brim and that you can absolutely lights out in in the summertime if it's really tough hmm. yeah Dropping some um, juice <laughs> yeah um another uh another thing is dropping a mat lure down <laughs> Man, y'all are just being quiet, but I just want to talk about it. I just love talking about it, but it's so cool. uh, you know, I mean, like, words like bluegill imitations. Yeah, you just you literally just slack line it. I, I call it slack line. Um, not a lot of people do it, and you're not going to beat me if I'm doing it. Um, if they're on it, and anybody can come on the bridge and they can go right next to me but it, it's a it, it's a technique and it all depends on rod size and your gear ratio of your reel when you do it because mm-hmm. you when they bite it you you can't miss them like it, it's quick like, you gotta, yeah, yeah because you're already peeling that line off and yeah. if they bite it halfway down you got five six foot of line out so you got to have a eight eight one whatever it is a really high gear ratio reel and you got to just burn that thing and just pull up um you can't slack line set if you slack line set you're done but um man i'm all about it man i'm what yeah not I mean while you're talking about it at least for how you caught them what's what was your rod setup like line and everything well i was throwing uh, uh steven and i both were throwing 20 pound four carbon mm-hmm. um knots really don't matter i was just we was just both tying a uh, polymer. Um, we like to throw – I'm like fighter. Uh, like, I like my rods a little bit uh, – I like my rods a little bit light. Um, I don't like to <clears> – excuse me, but I don't like uh, heavier rods. There's no reason for that. If you've got a good reel and you've got a good hook, you can bury it and still boat flip a six-pounder uh, with a lighter rod. I can feel better with a lighter rod. Uh, I can load up better. It gives them time to have the bait, and mm-hmm. that's the reason I like a lot of rod. I use a, uh, and it may sound crazy, but a three quarter ounce head and a six inch bait. We throw a we throw a, a seven three heavy, or a mm-hmm. seven three medium heavy, depending on the bite. It all depends on the bite. Um, if it's a they choke it, if they choke it, then we're throwing a, a lighter version of a rod because we want to. Be able, they want to be able to choke it, so we want to be able to load up on them. Um, if they don't, if they if they're not choking it and they're really hammering it, we want a heavier rod. And the reason is is because you want to be able to feel how they're getting it. 
Like if they're just ramming it, you don't want to set the hook. But you'll know because they'll put slack in your line and you can reel up and set the hook if they put slack in your line. If they never put slack in your line, they never have it. Because they're always going to come to you if they've got it. Yeah, if they've got it in their mouth, they're always going to come to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that, – but if, if they're coming to me and it's really tough, with that heavy rod I can load up. And if I do have – if I don't pick up enough line, I've still got enough backbone where I can get them. But when they're choking it like they were at the Alabama Bastille Tournament, I'm throwing a 7-3 medium heavy. And I'm, I'm just pulling into them. I'm not setting the hook. I'm just pulling into them. That true bass, that true bass jig head, man, it's got such a good gamagatsu hook in it that you can't go wrong with it. I mean, you're going to bury it inside their brain every time. Yeah. yeah. Salsi and I are really good friends. We're trying to work on a really good swim bait here soon. So. Oh, Saucy. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. So, like, talking about the bite you're on, was it a window deal or was it something you were on them all day or did you, like, was it a certain window you got on them and had to make an adjustment and go somewhere like and change with them? Like how did how did that work? Well, really, uh, Stephen and I were we were already banking on the bridge. Like like I told y'all, like we were already banking on the bridge, so we knew it was going to be a window opportunity. And the reason is is those bait fish would come in and out, man, on that live scope. Like I talked about earlier, those bait fish would come in and out, in and out. So you would stay spot locked on that spot and just keep chunking at the same spot. I mean, that's the reason people leave the bridge because they chunk at it for 30 minutes and they leave. Like you've got, you just got to stay there. And on that Uh, 31st minute, that bait clump could come through and all of a sudden it's on for five. And it's bar. Exactly. Andrew. And it's bar fish. It's, it's gizzard shad. It's, it's anything that gets, because that whole bridge is covered in bait. Whether it's crappie, barfish, uh, gizzard chad, thread fin, whatever it is, the whole bridge from end to end is covered with bait. But when that one bait ball gets away from each other, that's when those bass go crazy. <laughs> and when we had a team uh, on the other side of the bridge from us, actually where we came in uh, fourth last year on the same tournament, they would catch a fish and we would catch a bigger fish. They would catch fish. We'd catch a bigger fish. When they, when somebody would catch a fish, the other person's going to catch fish. I mean, because they're just there. They just go in in between those columns and feed. So Stephen and I actually went to the other side one time, and I caught a six six fifteen. I think it was our biggest fish off the other side of the columns, and they weren't catching anything at the time. The brewers. And then we'd, we'd come back, they would set the hook, and we knew to throw in there. But they were really good. I mean, I can't thank them enough for what they did. I mean, they were, they were just awesome, awesome guys. And um, uh, hopefully they'll um, they'll get – I think his name's Nathan. I think they're going to get Nathan Brewer next week on the podcast at Alabama Bass Trail. Because what happened is they were sitting on the upcurrent side, and they were throwing scroungers – and they were throwing small swim baits and we were on the down current side and those bass were looking up towards them. And I think that's, I think that was a really big player. Uh, you know, current's always a player and the fish are always going to face up towards the current. Um, but, um, we just caught bigger fish, bigger baits. And, um, 
um, it, I don't know, man. It was just uh, you had to crawl it. You had to really crawl it. If if you weren't getting bit on the fall, you just feel every single rock on the bottom. I mean, you just barely reel it on the bottom. Feel every single rock. You would feel old Jim Bob's jig that he lost three years ago on the bottom of it. And I'm not even lying. Like you'd be like, oh, there's a chartreuse jig, like because you bring it up. Like I mean, it's just like crazy man it, it's great they live there they travel it then they come back it, it's great for a lot of different times of the year but um hopefully we got a pattern that people will leave it alone if we're you know not if we're there i'm not saying but technical pattern too so i mean they they could go and try it but they still might not ex- exactly exactly i mean they can listen to this podcast and listen to all they want to but i hear it all the time I can't tell this person, you can go catch my fish here. There's a spot. Go catch my fish. Very rarely that happens. Yeah. Very, very rarely. And and I've got it all the time. All the time. Like high schoolers, man, it drives me crazy. They had a 300 boat, something, something like something absurd amount of boats that went out of Goose Pond that day. None of them really mess with you, but you do have that here. You have a lot of boats that will just pull in right on top of you, mm. and um, and and it's just it's absurd. And I wish it would stop uh, because it, it it does get really bad here in Alabama. I mean, every high school has a uh, high school team of three twenty plus on their team, and um, everybody's fishing every tournament and. And uh, I understand. I, I want them to get in the sport. I, I want them to go to college and do it, but have respect right. about other anglers out on the water. And also, if you do, throwing this a plug in there, if you do want to go to college and make it in the college fishing, work your butt off. As as in, in school and as an angler, plus for your team. Yeah. Mainly for your team. Work your butt off so you can make it. If you do that, you'll make it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's some really good advice. Yeah. That was uh what? A lot of a lot a lot of people we we've had high I've had high schoolers come in straight from high school to Wallace State and they come in and sit there and call their daddy. Like, hey, what do I need to do? Hey, no, when you're in college, you need to know what what you're what you're going to do. Like, if you big boy pants on and get going, yeah, that's right. You need to put your big boy pants on, get going. Your daddy's not going to help you anymore. You don't need to call your daddy. You need to be able to do the stuff yourself. Learn how this is a learning avenue to be a entrepreneur, uh, a leader. Uh, this is a time. If you want to do, uh, if you want to be a leader, you can be the president of the bass club, and that would help you so much. It mm-hmm. teaches you how to have responsibilities, uh, to get everybody paid up for the bass membership, to make sure all your club is registered for all the tournaments, make sure that you have enough money in your account to where you can be able to go on tournaments, make sure you save all the receipts for every tournament, and and because you got to. The school's got to pay taxes for that. No matter if that's a tax write-off or not, they've got to pay taxes for it. So you got to make sure every receipt's counted for 100%. You can't have any tobacco on it, no beer, no nothing. It's got to be fully clean when you come back. 
And if you want to, there's so much in, involved in college fishing. Oh my gosh, I wish you, you guys could know. I mean, it, it was so stressful because I had a little bit of help, but I didn't have a lot. Right. And 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 it was um, a a woman named Cindy Maddox really helped me out, and she stepped up as a sponsor and helped sign all the paperwork. And Wesley Sams, he actually fishes the Alabama Bass Trail as well. I don't know if you guys know him, Wesley Sams, and then Jordan Wiggins. He's actually uh, going to the classic from uh, Harris Chain. Yeah. Team Trail. Yeah. So that's uh, Jordan's partner is Wesley Sam. So, um, yeah, dude, uh, we all room together and stuff in the Alabama Bass Trail. We're all good friends. But, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for those two, I never would have made it in college fishing. Never would have uh, never would have been where I'm at now for sure. That's awesome. Thank you, dude. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Well, dude, uh we got two. Well, I got one more question for you here, and then uh, we'll see if Andy Andy's got anything for you. Before that, we uh, I mean, we I'm have just, a taking in the juice. Yeah, <laughs> and it's been sick to sit back and, and kind of listen to the kind of the different minute things that you figured out, and it's actually really cool and kind of sparking some ideas in my own brain for up here in the north. That, but that's what it's all about, man. That's that's really cool. Like I'm I'm super stoked. Like I wish I could come up there and just like you talk to me off air. Like you was like the mag draft up at St. Lawrence. And I was like, you know, I didn't do that because I wanted to bed fish so bad. And now I just want to do that. Like, cause I can find bed fish just, just as good. Like, you know, I mean, with a, that's how we find gosh, man. Oh, so much juice. Okay. That's how I find a lot of bed fish here. Like, and throw a drop oh, yeah. on top of them. Yeah. Well, like, swim baits are amazing search baits for that reason. Yeah. And S waivers. I mean, yeah. You might not see that big small mouth but all of a sudden like you might not see the bed because of the water color it's turned up and all of a sudden you're slow rolling that thing you see that shadow come and be like oh now i know where you are yeah no i know exactly i can throw a drop shot over there or a ned rig and catch your butt yeah that's it dude yeah we have that happen all the time here for sure hopefully it plays at wheeler a bunch like we got wheeler coming up and i think we're 24th in points or something we really we really finished bad at Pickwick, and that really sparked a fire up in our butts. Like we was like, Stephen and I was like, "No, this can't happen again." So we we done it. At, at, we we punched our ticket to the championship at uh, at Gunnersville with the win, and um, we're going for Angler of the Year now for um, so we can make it the team championship. Because you get spoiled, man. You really get spoiled when you go to the team championship. That's all you want to do. Go yeah. with your buddies, man. Go with the hammers. You learn from everybody when you. Like when you stay with everybody, like, and it's a close niche relationship, man. It really is, and it, especially in the Alabama Bass Trail, there's a click, and there's a click, and you want to be in that click. I mean, and there's very few that get in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, just a little side note here, real fast. One of the coolest spawn bites I've ever gotten on for smallmouth was I was drawing them out of 10 foot of water with a whopper flapper to get them to show them. Oh, that's freaking cool, man. It would come up and miss it by like four feet. But you're like, there he is. And you there, just back he's in. four foot behind it. Yeah. yeah. And like, you pick up the drop shot and you're like, oh, there's a six. <laughs> yeah. That's freaking cool, dude. But uh, every once in a while, they would get that, like the big one, the 110 or the 130, yeah. they would get both hooks in the side of their face. And you're just like, what is going on? <laughs> what is? Why are they buying that thing? Like, they get pissed off, is what it is. They're oh, like, yeah. freaking pissed off. Like, they're like, yeah, I don't want that thing anywhere around me. It's like these spots because 
that's that's why when I come up north and catch those smallmouth, I'm like, dude, they act exactly like spots. They're current oriented. They get on rocky banks, sandy banks, clay banks. If there's any clay anywhere around, they'll get on them because they want crayfish more than they do anything. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about spots, man. Coosa River spots are the meanest things you will ever see. Yeah, in I want to catch some of them on like uh, Gunfish 115 or something. Dude, just come on down. We'll have a blast. I'm telling you. Now, I will tell you, it's gotten really tough the past five years because of pressure. Like, yeah. It's so pressured here. Like, I'm I'm not one of those guys that's like, the reason I don't catch fish is because it's so pressured. It's so pre-. – no, it it really – like, here, there's so many boats, man. I mean, it's – See, pressure – like, We had 200-plus boats on that bridge coming in and out. So, I could never lie to you of what I was doing. Like, yeah, because they'll call you out on it. Exactly. Somebody is going to call me. No, you didn't do that. You were in the very back of that creek. I didn't see you. I saw you on the bridge. And like live was there too. And I was like, oh God. And my ex-girlfriend is the camera person for ABT. And it's, I don't know. It's, I won't get into that, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting a couple different versions of juice in tonight's show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, juice, 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 and then the juice, and then the juice. <laughs> dude, y'all listen to Strike Ass. I'm, I'm just, yeah, gonna, yeah, dude, freaking Pat's unreal, man. Like, I like, I love podcasts, man. I don't know what it is, but like, I just freaking die laughing at that crap. Like, I just. Like that's one of my goals too is to be on Strikecast one day. Like I want, like I would freaking love to be on Strikecast one day. Like that, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I get I get off topic a lot too. I got ADHD and like I'm I'm freaking everywhere, man. Well, like, so I, feel, I feel like to be a successful fisherman, you almost have to have ADHD because you have to be so aware of everything going around. Like, yeah, I do. I can't tell you how many times I'm like fishing, I don't know, a jig, and all of a sudden I see bait fish boil behind me, and I'll set the jig down, throw topwater over it, and catch fish. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, he kicked in again. Perfect. Yeah, that's it. Like, <laughs> oh, gosh. I, oh, no, the best one is when you're throwing a crankbait, and you feel the water come off of it, and you're like, did you, was that just me, or did the water come off of that crankbait? And it's like, <laughs> I'm not smoking pot right now. I'm like... I'm being in because like I'm looking around like trying to look for somebody, but it's me the one that felt it. And I'm like, no, water came off of that crankbait. Like I know it. You throw back a jig over there and just doop. And it's like I knew it. I knew it the whole time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's crazy. You almost had to be so like in tune with what's going on. And yeah. people that are able to do that differentiate themselves and get like five or six more bites a day so that's it because a lot of people burn the bank up at the coosa i'm telling you man we've got we've got water willow which i call it coosa grass but we've got a lot of that and a lot of times man those fish won't come out so aggressive and they'll just they'll just barely nip it man and a lot of people just pass 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 and that grass will get fished five times a day, and unless 
there's a good angler that comes over there and knows what he's doing and switches something up and knows that there's a bass there, that's when he's going to catch him. And that's the person that really pays attention to that. And you guys you guys have Wes Logan on too one time, right? Yeah. He lives about a mile down the road. I, I went to the high school with Wes, and, like, we were, like, super competitive against each other. So, like, yeah, like, Wes is really cool. He saw me the other day, and we was, like, high-fiving out of the truck. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Wes and Miss Diane, if Miss Diane watches this, I love y'all. Yeah, y'all are super cool. Wes is good people. That's yeah, sure. they are good people. Yeah. But Andy, do you have anything left for, for Josh before we hit him with our last question of the night? Nah, man, I, I'm just pumped that you and Chris might be coming up here in October. Yeah, I was going to tell you, you were talking about, oh, I'm so booked up for October. I don't know what – you better be not booked up for – when was it? I think you said – No, I already, I already put well. you guys in the field. Oh, we're good. We're coming. <laughs> I'm freaking pumped, dude. <laughs> I, I'm going. I, I'm coming with a bag draft. I'm freaking coming. I was on the phone with Chris at lunch, and I was like, "You actually getting coming?" He's like, "I think so." I was like, "Don't yeah. book your plane tickets though until I tell you to, because we gotta make sure the weather's good." But yeah, for sure. I mean, if we can't go smallmouth fishing, we'll go largemouth fishing somewhere. So what's that? What's that song? The Edmund Fitzgerald when the nor when the when the November wind blows yeah. in the <laughs> yet. So we're yeah. all right. Yeah, I don't want the November winds to come in in October because I don't want to capsize. No, normally that weekend it's pretty good. Like that week, sometimes we have like seventy-five degree days leading up to it, so it'll be fun. Yeah, ho- hopefully it's not like these naders coming in here in a little bit. Yes, yeah, they say. Oh, dude, gosh, I'm I'm freaking excited, but everybody else isn't. Like I'm, I'm like one of those. I'm like a Matt Robertson of Alabama, like, I want to go out there and look at the tornadoes when they're happening. But, like, I just pray that everybody's okay. Like, I I don't know. I'm weird like that, man. I'm a bass fisherman. I, we're always weird. Nature's cool. Just nature's not cool when people it, are It's it. super cool. That's exactly right. You hit it right on the head, Bailey. Like, it's super cool. Like, I, I don't – if I told every, all my friends know this, too. If I didn't do bass fishing and I, I wasn't – a landscaper business guy welder all this other stuff i would have been a nerdy weather guy like <laughs> a nerdy weather <laughs> tornadoes like like i think of that i think about that stuff like you know i was a cool cat in high school like through play baseball blah 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 this and that but like nowadays i like watch the weather and then i think i'm a geek because i watch the weather but i'm like i really don't give a shit like I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm going to watch the weather. Like, I'm going to do it. I think that just speaks to, like, the fisherman mentality, too, because we need to know exactly what's going on. And that kind of, like, gives us an idea how we're going to fish that day, how we're going to practice, how the fish are going to set up for a tournament based on, like, barometric pressures, and yeah. high pressure, low pressure, front, post, pre, whatever. But a uh, little side note, one of the – Best multi-species anglers I know is a part-time weather chaser. Mm-mm. Every spring, going every spring, he goes to Oklahoma and chases tornadoes in April. Oh, that's freaking cool! I would like to do that. I want to chase a tornado, not so, with a boat or nothing, but like you know, with a like I would build my own like little. No, that that's the funniest thing. thing. Like his old- <laughs> what was that? I don't know, like a little box thing in my truck and just freaking 
have a little radar on there, you know, like, woo, woo, woo. Like, you don't even know that. <laughs> this man goes out there. He rents like a Honda Civic, like a four-door Honda Civic. He oh, that thing's going to get crushed. Weather apps on his phone. He's like, based on pressure, this is where the tornado is going to hop up. I'm going here. And he's like, there was days that I had like a quarter tank of gas and 45 miles down a dirt road, and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> what a crazy guy, man. Oh, I yeah. meet him. <laughs> I'll find some of the pictures and send them to you. It's just insane. Like some, He gets better shots than a lot of the stuff you see in the news. Yeah. Crazy. That's freaking cool, man. Like, I want to do that. And then it pours, and I know why, because I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a four-wheel drive. He needs a he needs a little range. That's what I was talking about, Bailey. I want a Ranger. That's what I was doing that for, like a little <laughs> side by side, like all decked in, and I could just ride down the interstate. Like, oh, don't worry, I'm just chasing uh, tornadoes. That's it. Like tornadoes. Yeah. Hey, shout, I want to give a shout out real quick. I saw Queen Stackle up there. Mm-hmm. I used to fish against KJ in, uh, in college too. Man, that's pretty cool. Shout okay. out to Queen Stackle, man. That's that's pretty cool. KJ's a really cool, really cool guy. Like, oh, yeah. I can name out, I can name off a bunch of people right now in the Elite Series that I fished against. Like, and like sure. Jake Whitaker, I fished against Jake. I fished against Dustin Cannell. Um, I mean, all those guys, man. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. KJ, um, I mean, John Garrett. I mean, we all go back. Pat, me and Pat, like. If I see him at a bar, like at low budget live thing at Birmingham, like we just, uh, it's just, I don't know, man. I don't want to get too deep in that, but like it's cool. Like it's really cool. Like I love seeing my friends so good, man. Heck yeah, yeah dude. Oh, yeah. About a thousand percent. Yeah, the Queens are good people. Jeff yeah, they are. AJ doing an amazing job over yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. But dude, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here tonight. But uh, we're gonna leave you with one last question, which I am very intrigued to hear your answer for. Uh, and that is, if you could sit down, have a beer and a steak with three different individuals, uh, they don't have to be presently alive. They don't even have to be the fishing industry. What three people are you going to invite and why? Just a little sidebar real fast. I feel like this is the first time we've asked this question in like 10 episodes. <laughs> Probably. It's been a while. Gosh, man. Y'all are, oh, man. No prep. Uh, well, <clears throat> I will say this. If you'll go on YouTube and type in uh, Donald Trump Jr. book signing, uh, you'll see me on there, and I asked Donald Trump Jr. what beer he wants to drink uh, during a book signing. Uh, that was pretty interesting. I was I was out of my mind, but, yeah, uh, that <laughs> and um, that was pretty cool. Uh, so that's off my list. Uh, I guess – Man, you know, I, I would want to go back. I'm, I'm going to go back to music, man, real quick, because I'm a big music nut, man. Um, I'm going I, I'm, I'm going to go with Waylon Jennings. You know why? It's because he was just so open-minded. Like, he was so open-minded and would make something. I know it's like cliche. I got a beard and long hair and stuff. But, like, Waylon Jennings was a, like, super good songwriter, super good, like, just – out there person and um uh I, w- I would like to sit down and have a beer with him uh steak you know just sit down and not do drugs with him because i'm not a, i don't do all that stuff but um be wild. <laughs> yeah just uh just do that and then um i guess the second person would be um 
you know, uh, probably Bill Dance. I would want to drink a beer with Bill Dance, uh, even though he probably don't drink beer, just because, like, he can go on and on and on and on about stories, and I could too. So we'll just bounce back and forth against each other all night. Quick and, uh, real fast on the Bill Dance thing. Do you think he got famous because of his fishing videos or the blooper lines? Well, the, I think the blooper lines were fake, but he definitely got famous off of his blooper lines. Uh, and uh, he was like in that if – you, if you look back yeah. at what they did, they had this little trend fashion thing going on, like sunglasses, high hats. Like Jimmy Houston was in that. It's just like Seth right now and like uh, uh, all the long-haired guys and like it's like a trend, man. It it, go, it goes on. If you're different, people will start liking you. And yeah. I think that was what it was. His fishing was great too. I'm not saying that. Oh yeah, it was a trend. That's a really. It good was point. a trend. It was a it was a trend. And uh, don't get me wrong. Everybody was a great angler, like Jimmy Houston. And that. But I think I watched a video the other day, and like I'm like, okay, I've never seen Jimmy Houston back in back in those days, and it showed a clip. Of when he was wearing those sunglasses and he had that hair, and I was like, you know, damn, he could really been a Playboy model. Like, like this guy was like, this guy was like legit. Like, I'm like, this guy was he was saucy, man. Like, he was like had everything going on. So did Bill Dance. Like, he was they were all confident. Roland Martin, they were all confident. Yes, they could fish. Yes, they had really good stuff. But they didn't have social media back then <clears throat> like we do now. So that really helped them doing the TV stuff. And can you name can you name other people that done TV stuff except them? Not really. Hank Parker. Hank Parker. Yeah. I, I, I was just about to say Hank Parker. And that's it. I mean, think about um, uh, who. Oh, too. You got Babe. And- yeah, Babe. And, but think about like the really good fishermen that were like actually good fishermen that really done good. Uh, uh, Bob, uh, golly, what's his last name? I've done research. I, I wish I could have just had notes because I want to get down into this. Cause I love this. I love this crap. Um, but, uh, there was a bunch of other good fishermen, but nobody knows their name because right at the time they weren't famous because they didn't have TV shows. And, and that was a big deal back then. It was TV shows and, now it's Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, right. which I don't do TikTok, but um, I, I just really don't care about it. Uh, but uh, Instagram, Facebook, and doing podcasts is a really big deal too to me. You know, um, uh, y'all were actually the first podcast that I've ever had by myself uh, without my partner. I wish he was here. I wish I wish he was here because he. He's uh he's an inspiration to me, man. He helps me out a lot, and he's my best friend. And we'll have um, in the future. Yeah, for sure. I wish I wish I would because he's a, he's a really good guy. He I work with him every day. We see each other like we're best friends. And uh, I hated that he couldn't come on here tonight. But uh, well, after um, that uh, Alabama Bass Trail Championship, we'll have to have you both on. Oh, no doubt. But the third person here is the third person I would like to have a beer with. Um. Oh gosh. Um. All right. Here. Here we go. 
Mm, this is going. This is crazy, man. This is nuts. This ain't a celebrity or nothing, but I want to sit down with this person that that uh, designed this lure because it's won me a lot of money, and I'm very confident with it. And um, you know, um, if we can't, I'm I'm just I'm being real. I, I like being real. I don't care. But if I can't get a sponsorship one day from this, I'm going to make a bait just like it. And I'm gonna sell it for a lower price, and they're gonna have it. <laughs> I don't care because I love the bait. I've sold them a lot of. I've, I've sold a lot of baits for them, and um, yeah. Um, if not, me and Salzy's gonna do something. <laughs> We're gonna do something. I guarantee it. Heck yeah, dude! That would be kind of cool to look back at the history of the bag draft. Yeah, it would. It really would. I would love. I would honestly love that because, honest, honest to goodness, like this bait's incredible. It it really it really is. Uh, uh, when they came out with the freestyle, man, I, I just knew like the bridges, man, were were it. Uh, I can't I can't get that bait, the actual freestyle, down to where I want it to be unless I just waited forever. I would have to wait forever to get it down to where I want it to. And I still don't know if the if the water resistance for the current was going to allow that bait to swim right. So when they came out with the freestyle, I knew it's still going to have the same effect as the original mag draft and still going to have the same effect as catching fish that it would the original mag draft. Heck yeah. But, yeah, that, that was it. But mag draft's an incredible bait. It, it is. Heck yeah, dude. Sweet. Well, uh, Andy, anything left for Josh? Josh, do you have anything left for the folks that you'd like to mention before we sign off here? Uh, one, uh, they may watch a little bit later. This is one of my sponsors. They help me out a lot. Like They help me out with local tournaments and stuff. Alabama Anesthesiology and Pain. Um, Joel and Janet, I appreciate it. Like uh, you, you, I mean, even a couple hundred bucks helps a lot, you know, so I want to thank them a lot. Um but, uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody. I love everybody, man. Um, I'm not a smoking hippie or whatever, but peace, love, and kindness, man. I, like, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's it's all good here in the neighborhood, and you just got to keep going. and Go to bed, right? Yeah, I go to bed, man. I got to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go to work. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, so I do that uh, survey, and then when I get done surveying at 2 o'clock, I can go uh, cut my grass and do lawn care, and then I fish, so. It's a busy. It's really busy. I like staying busy, man. It keeps me out of trouble. It um it uh it, it keeps me right. It keeps my head right. It really does. So yeah, Thank yeah, dude. Well, we yeah. uh we really appreciate you taking time out of your night to come join us in the show. It's been not only an absolute blast to meet you, but it's been an honor to chat with you and yeah. you know dropping some knowledge for us in the show. So we really appreciate that, and obviously not only yeah. for our knowledge gain, but for the fans as well. So. Yeah, we I hope you you, dude. And like I said, we'd love to have you back on the show and you know bring your your, your boy, your teammate on after that, that team championship for the for the ABT. It'd be pretty cool. Oh dude, we're we're gonna come on for sure. You can go ahead and book us. Like right. we're so fired up, man. Like, oh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, man. Like yeah. when I get fired up, I get fired up. Like <laughs> I could be I could be like a southern preacher, man. Don't get me fired up. Like it's gonna go down. <laughs> 
But uh, dude, I appreciate y'all having me on. I'm I'm sorry I was late. Uh, You're good, dude. Don't no worry at all. So sorry, man. But um, thank you guys for having me on, and hopefully uh, I can come on some more and and drop some more knowledge. I've got some more nuggets, but I'll save them. <laughs> That's fair. Always welcome, dude. Always yeah. welcome. But yeah, yeah man, take care. Uh, obviously, we'll be in touch. Uh, and uh, good luck to you, buddy. And obviously, go get some rest because you got to be up bright and early. Appreciate it, dude. Thank y'all so much. Appreciate it, Andrew Bailey. Y'all take care. Take care, dude. Good, good dude. I, I love the energy, dude. I, if that's an energy you could ride into like every day, every tournament morning, practice morning, dude, that's what you need. Like, that's a clean slate. That's a healthy slate right there. That's pretty sick. Thank but you. Uh, huge shout out to Josh for taking the time to come out with us tonight. And that was a lot of fun. I, I'm glad we got the, the chance to have him on. And I can, yeah. 100% say that's not the last time we're going to have him on the show. No. I, I quick little shout out to my buddy, Chris, too. Uh, that's the second podcast referral he's given us, and both have been great. So, Yeah, heck yeah. So. First one was Bragg. Yep. Yep. Now, now Mr. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Now we just need to get Chris on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could have like a trifecta and just have Chris stories. We call it Chris Howell story time. And Josh <laughs> and Bragg. Tell stories about Chris and him saying nothing. Because <laughs> I, I know there's some wild stuff <laughs> that would come out of that. So <laughs> I'm sure that he's shaking his head yes down there in the queue. He knows. <laughs> oh, man. But that'd before be, we. Be What's that? That would be a funny one. It would be. That would be cool. We could do like the. Uh, I know like Straight Cast he was talking about, he listens to, and I was listening to uh Jeff Gustafson episode, and they did like a. They did like a 10 minute roast of Jeff Gustafson. So that was a good one. We could totally like, <laughs> we totally just piggyback off of their doing and just roast people that come on the show. That would be kind of fun. Have two buddies come on and roast their buddy. <laughs> yeah. We could have that person on. Don't tell them their two buddies are coming on and then <laughs> just roast them. <laughs> we have a special segment. <laughs> yeah. I think we have to implement that. The folks, you have to let us know if you'd like to see that. We, can, we won't call it a Sears Angler podcast. We'll call it a Sears Dangler podcast. Have a little spinoff of it where it's anything but series. Yes. <laughs> That'd be perfect. I know. But uh, real quick, tomorrow, uh, obviously, it's a Wednesday today. So tomorrow on Thursday is I'm putting up a Rod and Reel Arsenal video for 2021. I know people have been asking about that. And then uh, one thing I want to mention as well is episode 200. Coming up here shortly. Obviously, it's 195. Coming up here shortly in the next two weeks. Um, if any folks listening, any fans that tune into the live, it is going to be a live show. If you guys would like to come on and tune in and join us for five or ten minutes on the show to chat, uh, anyone is welcome. So reach out to us. Let us know if you want to be a part of it, and we'll get it all set up. But excited to uh, hit episode number 200, and we haven't even gotten to year two yet. We're a year and a half in, dude. Yeah, cranking them cranking away so but i'm excited for it this show was a lot of fun with josh uh before we sign off here do you have anything else left for the folks before we uh say sayonara till friday hello spring that's all i have to say so (laughs) yeah i know josh has got to get to bed i'm trying to get to bed because i'm trying to get up early and hit the water yeah Uh, i got a mission to go on tomorrow i got some practice to put in some work to put in but uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun I'm really excited to get back on the water here in New York. So without further ado, folks, we appreciate it. As always, you guys tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys on Friday. Well, that 
was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Searsanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all. And we'll see y'all on the next one.